0: Hey folks, welcome to a special edition of The Electables. I am Doug Thornell. I'm joined, always, as always, by my partner in crime, Adrian Elrod, and Adrian is actually in Las Vegas, Nevada for uh, the caucuses. She's been there for a few days since the debate. Adrian, what's going on? How is it in uh, Sin City? Well, what's going on right now i
1: I'm sitting in a restaurant about to eat a fabulous plate of sushi. So that's what's <laughs> going on at this moment. Um, no, but you know, the vibe feels good. There's a bunch of, you know, Vegas is so funny. There's it's obviously, like, so much stuff going on here all the time that, I don't know, in 2016, and maybe this has to do with the fact that I was actually working on Hillary Clinton's campaign, but it felt like the entire town was focused on the caucuses. And you come here now, and people are basically like, yeah, we've got this big, you know, wrestling match on Saturday night and we've got you know that like you know this big Mariah concert Mariah, Mariah Carey's in residency here so you hear people talking a lot about the events that are happening in Vegas that are not related to the caucuses but I think that's okay because a lot of people are here on vacation and that's perfectly fine um but it feels good you know Trump's in town tonight for a rally um and I gotta tell you I think it's I can't believe I'm actually saying that his campaign strategy is smart, but I think it is very smart for him to be basically trolling Democratic candidates and going to, um, these states that, cause, you know, the Republicans obviously have primaries as well in these, in these early states. And Trump is trying to drive up his numbers, even though he's not really challenged, um, by formidable challengers, he is still, coming into these states and doing rallies and trying to drive up his numbers. And I think that's pretty smart. So he's in town today for a rally. And, um, you know, all the candidates are here too and doing events. So look, I mean, it does feel like Bernie Sanders has got the momentum. He is certainly gaining a lot of ground among Hispanics or rather growing his ground among Hispanics. And he's starting to siphon off some of the African-American support from Joe Biden. So. Um, everybody pretty much feels like this is Bernie's state to lose. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win pretty big. Um, And he's not even in Nevada today. I think he's somewhere. I think he's in California, which is also very telling about his campaign feeling about how well he's going to do here. They don't feel that he needs to be here every single minute between now and the caucuses. Um, And, you know, Hillary Clinton won in 2016 in Nevada. Um, But, we weren't sure what was going to happen because we were looking at Bernie's members He was coming out of New Hampshire with a 20 point lead going into Nevada. We were really nervous. Um, Latinos were with us very heavily, if you'll recall, Doug, in the 2016 primary, but they are really going with Bernie this time around. Um, and I think he's going to do pretty well here.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it, it's hard to pull Nevada. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people will, sort of dissuade using, you know, polling that's out there. But I think if you do look what's out there, it does show that, you know, Bernie has um, you know, surged uh in the in uh recently. You know, he's at he's at over thirty points in, in a couple different polls that are out there. And um you know I've talked to a few people who are who are residents of the state and then um who have uh you know have indicated that they're feeling like, you know, Bernie does have the momentum out there um uh and that Um, the real battle is going to be for second place and whether or not this debate, which I think you and I, uh, have, we'll probably dig in a little bit on, um, whether or not this debate really made a difference. Uh, you know, it was, um, one of the, I think it was the most watched democratic debate this season, almost 20 million viewers, um. you know, I think it was a you know it it really turned into devolved into a street fight. I I don't think it was particularly great for the Democratic Party overall in terms of you know a message we're sending to voters. But um, you know, I it's the type of thing that you see in every presidential campaign. There's always one of these debates which it's where everyone piles on top of each other and it becomes a, just a fist fight. But does it make a difference? You know, people say that you know the reviews coming out of the debate were that you know elizabeth warren it was her best performance you know very you know uh, in a debate um she was fiery she you know took the fight to folks does that make a difference is she able to win back some of those voters at her that left her you know does it help joe biden a little bit uh because uh, uh bloomberg didn't have a great night do some of those people who went to bloomberg do they go back to biden um you know does do, do, you know, does it do anything for Pete and Amy Klobuchar with those communities of color that both campaigns have struggled with? Um, and does Bernie? Uh, and and because Bernie basically skated by, he had a few things thrown his way, but nothing. You know, not a lot of uh, not a lot of wounds. You know, does he? You know, is there? You know, does he anything particularly? You know, does he get any bump out of it at all? You know, it looks like he's getting some type of bump out of certainly out of New Hampshire. But uh, I'd just be curious, we saw the impact that the debate in New Hampshire had um, on the New Hampshire primary results, particularly helpful to Amy Klobuchar. Does this debate have much of an impact on the results uh, on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think that's right, Doug. And you know, there's a new poll that just came out, looks like about 45 minutes ago, from Data Progress in Nevada, um, that shows Sanders at 32%. Warren at 17%, Judge at 15%, and Biden at 14%. I mean, this is fascinating, right? Because you've got Warren, Judge, and Biden, all of whom are right there on the line of getting 15%. 15%, of course, is the bare minimum threshold that you've got to get in any state. But it's really important, of course, in this caucus process to be able to be eligible for um, delegates. So I got to say, I mean, I'm confident that in certain parts of the state, that all three of these candidates, Buttigieg, Warren, and Biden, will all be eligible for delegates. But it is fascinating that these guys are so, you know, they split it, you know, three of them are splitting that that vote three ways. And if none of them clear 15% across the board, Bernie's going to walk away from Nevada with a lot of delegates. I mean, it's quite something. So look at these numbers. The fact that you don't have anybody that's right under Bernie Sanders or anybody who is in the twenties, you know, got again Sanders at thirty two percent. Everybody else is under twenty percent. That is quite remarkable.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, and I think you brought up a a great point there, and it's a point that everyone needs to be reminded about. If you're polling at nine or ten percent, or even at fourteen percent, you might as well be polling at zero. Uh, because yep. the rules of the Democratic Party in, vi- in terms of viability in most of these contests are if you don't reach viability, then you don't have a- you don't win delegates. And so that is a critically important thing to remember as we look at Nevada, as we look at South Carolina, as we look at Super Tuesday states. You know, Bernie appears to be the one candidate out there, you know, um potentially. You know, you could potentially Bloomberg and in some of the Super Tuesday states Biden. But he definitely is the one that will reach viability um, in almost all of these, if not, you know, all of these contests right now. Um, And so I think for everyone who's running, you know, there was a big focus on Bloomberg. And I'd love your uh, take on this because, you know, we we did talk about this before. And I think you hit it head on. Then Um, there was going to be a huge focus on Bloomberg in the debate. But you know, it there was a huge focus on Bloomberg in the debate. But I feel like you know all of the Democrats, you know, other than Sanders, they they were you know they they continue to sort of um, you know let Sanders go in these debates. Like very few of them uh, mount much of an attack on him. I mean, you with the exception of Klobuchar and and Mayor Pete to some degree, and Warren finally you know had a you know, had a, an aside against Bernie, but he has been left, you know, as he is the front runner and it's as if they were treating Bloomberg as the front runner. And I understand why they needed to make their, you know, make, make the attacks against Bloomberg that they did. I understand that, but, you know, we're getting close to super Tuesday. And as you know, Adrian, you know, there's a chance 1500 delegates are going to be decided on super Tuesday. There's a chance that this thing is over with by then.
1: Yeah, then there's a really good chance this thing is um, over by then. I mean, look, Bernie Sanders is not going to get close to 1,991 delegates, which is what you need um, in order to, or at least we shouldn't get close to making that after Super Tuesday, but which is what you need in order to absolutely, without a, a dispute, secure the Democratic nomination 1,991 delegates. But, you know, what, what people are not often thinking about enough or at least talking about enough as far as I'm concerned is you've got four people on the moderate side bud judge Bloomberg Biden and klobuchar who are essentially dividing the moderate vote right which means that not only are they keeping the moderate wing of the party from really moving forward in this delegate process by keeping all four of those candidates in the race but if each of them are not are taking from each other, you know, potential, um, you know, constituencies. Then some people are not even to clear clear 15%. And if you don't clear 15%, that means that Bernie Sanders walks away with an even greater share of delegates than he should because of the way the process works in the Democratic primary. And that is what is at risk of happening if we if we to, let me this way, if we go into Super Tuesday with everybody that's still running in this campaign right now, in this primary, still on the ballot on Super Tuesday, um, Bernie Sanders is very likely going to walk away from Super Tuesday, um, you know, as the front runner that is going to have such an insurmountable lead that it's not going to be able to be penetrated by anybody else. And look, that is why I thought on that debate stage, I understand what candidates were doing. They, I think, you know, Klobuchar and Buttigieg in particular, um, and to an extent Warren as well, <clears throat> well saw this as their last chance or maybe one of their last chances to really make their case to voters and get more people in their camp to clear that 15% threshold um, in, in you know, across the board and in, in national polls. Um, but what you saw is more of an intra-fight among the moderates as opposed to um, you know, a real attempt to take on Bernie Sanders. So we'll see what happens in South Carolina, but I think I'm going to be looking to see if there's some sort of a recalibration of strategy, you know, are there alliances formed on that stage to not necessarily tear down, down Mike Bloomberg, but to really go after Bernie Sanders? Because again, strategically speaking, if I was working on one of these campaigns or, someone other than Bernie Sanders, I would be reminding my candidate. If you are going to have a shot in this race, you've got to take on Bernie and not your fellow competitors at this point, because he's getting to the stage, as you said, Doug, that it's going to be that much harder to, um, you know, to defeat him, anybody to defeat him after super Tuesday. If um, we keep up this trend that's currently happening.
0: Right. Right. People are, you know, because, because there's not winner take all, You know, that's good and bad. I mean, that's good and bad if you're, you know, on the, you know, opponents to Bernie in the sense that, you know, if if it was winner take all and he was the one who was getting, you know, winning these, you know, you know, getting all the delegates out of New Hampshire and then potentially all the delegates in Nevada, you know, that's obviously, you know, that's not good for you. But, you know, because it's proportional, you know, it also makes it hard when you win. If you win on, you know, if some of these, if if you have someone who wins on Super Tuesday, Bernie's going to collect delegates too. So catching up to him, um, if he establishes some little lead coming out of these early four states, and we should remind folks, Pete Buttigieg is actually in the delegate lead right now. I believe he's got twenty three delegates to Bernie's twenty one. Yeah. 21. yeah. Um, a lot has, a lot needs to happen. Again, we point to Super Tuesday, um, but the. Um, but you know i think that uh you know one of the good things that you know I, I think we're seeing in nevada and we saw in new hampshire is the enthusiasm within the uh among democratic voters his uh near historic turnout i think if his i think maybe uh, on par with 2008 if not greater in new hampshire turnout uh and then we're seeing greater. in nevada Right? This is the first time they've had early vote for their caucuses. They've gotten over 70, 80,000 people to turn out for early vote. It's likely that they're going to
1: 70, be
0: 70,000. 70,000.
1: Right. 70,000 people. Okay, let me, here's, here, this is remarkable. 70,000 people in Nevada turned out to early vote. Compare that to 2016 when 83,000 people actually caucus. Right. So we are 13,000 voters, participants, under where we were in the overall turnout the caucuses in 2016 early vote. And by the way, I think, you know, it, Nevada feels pretty good about where they are in this caucus process. And I mean, knock on wood, fingers crossed that everything goes well tomorrow. And we don't have a major, um, you know, a situation, anything, you know, like we had in Iowa. And I don't think that we will, because I, the, the, I think folks have learned and everybody is on high alert and knows that we can't have a mistake like that again. Um, but it is, So smart the way Nevada did this early caucusing um, and allowed people to participate early because this is the the caucuses take place on a Saturday. They start. I think you have to. You can walk into the doors. Doors open your caucus at 10, and the caucus process is over by about one o'clock. You know, maybe earlier, but I think one o'clock is the latest. There's a lot of people who work out here in Nevada on the weekends. This is a very heavy union state. The casino industry uh drives a lot of the tourism, it drives a lot of the commerce, and a lot of people are employed by it. And a lot of people have to work on the weekends because that's when the casinos, guess what, have the greatest foot traffic and the most population in terms of people who come to um, you know, enjoy the casinos. So it's oftentimes hard for people to be able to leave work in caucus. Of course, there are caucus sites at the casinos on the strip, but giving these folks out here in Nevada the chance to come caucus early has been a really smart process. And I hope that other caucus states will look at what Nevada did and say, you know what, we can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I uh, you know, my understanding is that, you know, there will be, you know, the biggest challenge that exists right now in, in Nevada in terms of the early vote is just allocating them to the right precincts. And I know there's a heavy effort underway by the Democratic Party there to ensure that that's done appropriately and correctly um, uh, because they have not had to do this in the past. Um, you know, that is a, that's a, you know, a big piece here. Uh, and then also it's going to be, yeah, yeah, look, I'm going to be really interested in terms of the turnout on, on, uh, tomorrow, on Saturday, you know, and the interesting thing I think is that, you know, we had a, a portion of the early vote occurred, I believe before the debate started. Right. And so, um, you know what who wins on the you know who's going to win on actual caucus day you know who has that energy who who is able to translate whatever energy coming out of that debate into you know votes on caucus day is that elizabeth warren is that uh, you know bernie is that biden in some way you know who 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 is able to do that and 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 outperform what they did during the early vote on um you know on the actual caucus day um but right going to be super interesting. Um, And uh, if you want to follow Adrian, who's going to be on the ground there um, and and always putting out good stuff on Twitter, she's at at Adrian Elrod and um, is always a a fountain of good uh, information and knowledge. And political analysis When uh, and she'll be in uh, Nevada for the, you know, tomorrow and we'll be there with, the, are you going to plan, are you planning on going to any uh, like any of the candidates parties or anything like that, Elrod or? Um, I'm not, not
1: not parties. I might get to some rallies tonight. Mayor Pete's got a big rally here that oh, I great. might go to. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm doing some MSNBC throughout the day tomorrow and then um, I'll be catching the red eye back to, Washington, D.C., good old Washington.
0: Well, we I miss think, you. Like, I
1: mean, that, that, second, that second place finish really quickly, Doug, is going to be so important. And again, you look at this, you know, some new polling that shows Elizabeth Warren, he'd the judge, and Joe Biden neck and neck. But again, I just want to reiter- reiterate the way the process works. It doesn't mean that the first place winner gets X amount of delegates, the second place winner gets X amount of de- delegates guaranteed, the third place, so on and so forth candidates do not clear 15 percent they will not walk away from the state with delegates and that by the way includes the second place person if that second place person has 13 percent after the caucuses they're going to walk away with zero delegates and bernie sanders is going to walk away with all of the delegates i don't think that's going to happen because people will realign but you know it could happen and this is a I don't want to say, it's kind of a warning call. I guess I will say this: It's sort of a warning call to all Democrats out there who, especially those who are not supporting Bernie Sanders, are not, you know, are supporting one of the four or five candidates, you know, duking it out on the moderate side. Um, with all these candidates in the race still, we are still dividing that vote. And 15% is the magic number. It's the way this process works. It's the way it's worked for a long time. If you're, um, you know, if you walk away from a state at 11 or 12 percent of the electoral share, you're not walking away with anything. Um, so I just want folks to keep in mind as they are considering their their vote choices here. And, you know, I think at some point candidates are simply going to run out of money. Um, and yep. this is gonna, this field's going to narrow down even more.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And they had we some we we had some we had a look into the financial strength of each of the candidates. Um today, uh recently with uh their financial, you know, their campaign finance reports being made public, um and uh you know, Bernie has the most cash on hand with the, you know other than uh Bloomberg and then Biden was at uh was right was around uh was was below him, but you saw some campaigns you know elizabeth warren and and others who had very high burn rates and um i believe elizabeth warren had to loan her campaign money right i think it was like i i think she had to i think they had to loan her loan them loan the campaign 2 or 3 million dollars not from her account but just take out a loan um which was interesting oh, interesting to to keep up to to uh
1: never good right never right. never keep, good never a
0: good sign yeah you know to keep everything going but uh you know look she gambled and maybe maybe her debate performance will slingshot her in you know a second place and
1: well, really okay. that's what I, th- and I think go ahead i think you're right she was to say she's she has run such a smart campaign um and i have to think that her campaign is looking at the numbers and looking at the data and saying you know what it is worth this loan right now because first of all let's keep in mind she is still going to be a sitting United States senator if she does not become our nominee. So she's got the capacity to, to raise the money um, to to make up for this. But for our listeners out there, if a candidate takes out a personal loan, or rather, the only way that you can keep your campaign financed if you, um, you know, if you're if you're out of money essentially, is for you personally as the candidate to take out a personal loan. The campaign cannot go to the bank and say, "Hi." You know elizabeth warren's presidential campaign we'd like to take out a three or four million dollar loan and the campaign committee will pay it back you are on the line personally the candidate for that money and you have to pay it back you can pay it back by raising money for your campaign or you can pay it back personally but you can't um you you you, you have to do it that way you can't ask a bunch of donors to uh to exceed FEC finance limits and pay it back so I think her campaign probably took a gamble and said, you know what, it's worth it because we are um, doing really well in Nevada right now. She might get second place. It's going to be really close. And we have had the organizational infrastructure on the ground here um, to, 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 to do well. And so we think it's worth it. Um, so that's what I think is, um, is interesting. But I just, I always, it just makes me um, bummed out when people I really like have to take out personal loans. Hillary Clinton did this in 2018. Rather 2008, Um, and she's been a long time paying that back. So it's not a lot of fun, but you know, if you are trying to stay in the race, it's worth it.
0: Yep, you're absolutely right, and I should correct myself. Um, She did take out three. uh, She took out a three million dollar line of credit. uh, Her campaign did. Uh, So everything that Adrian said is right. When you take out a loan for your a personal loan with a campaign what elizabeth warren did was a line of credit um which uh is my mistake uh i should have made that clearer um and she acts so it was a three million dollar line of credit which she accessed about four hundred thousand dollars so it it is the, the 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 fact that she had to do it is you know obviously concerning um because you know she ended up january with 2.3 million dollars cash on hand her campaign will will point out that they only ended up having to tap $400,000 because they were able to raise some money uh, following that. But um, that is, you know, but that but, you know, no, no, as Adrian said, no one, no campaign wants to take out a line of credit. No one wants to take out loans. No one wants to do any of that stuff. Campaigns acquire accumulate debt all the time. That's fine. They ultimately pay that back. Um, Many campaigns carry debt throughout the campaign. There's not that's not unusual. Um, taking out loans and lines of credit is not necessarily a good sign um, but at the end of the day maybe it ends up you know John Kerry had to do it in 2004 and uh, he ended up winning the nomination um, so yes. Um, okay well Elrod uh, I hope you enjoy your stay in Nevada we miss you uh, here in DC I
1: will thanks
0: and um, as I said follow Adrienne on Twitter she'll have a bunch of good stuff uh, with what she's seeing follow out.
1: Doug, and, follow follow Doug, Doug too. Follow Doug.
0: Follow Doug Thornell too. Um, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, we'll uh, you know we're 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 going to try to squeeze in a uh, maybe a quick post uh, Nevada roundup uh, of the results. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, otherwise, we'll be be back next week uh, with the electables. And so for my partner in crime, Adrian Alrod. This is Doug Thornell, and we'll catch you next time.